Welcome to the Solid Ground Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to have conversations that can be used as a resource to create a solid ground to stand on when walking through life with Jesus in an ever-changing world. This is the Solid Ground Podcast. All right, guys, and we are back with the Solid Ground Podcast. We made it. We made Episode it. two. Episode two. We got greenlit. We didn't get canceled immediately. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah, if this is your first time joining, I am Noah. I am the Young Adults Pastor here at Mountain View Church, and I'm joined by... Tony. I am the East Campus Pastor. All right. Yeah. So, um, Tony, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, so we get a little better knowledge if you're new no. here. I was born on May 16, 1989. Yeah, okay, we'll go that far back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I, uh, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for a number of years now. I've uh, been married to my wonderful wife, Roxana, since 2012. We have three children, all girls, uh, ages six, between six and two. Uh, so it's a wonderful life. It's a full life. Um, got a girl's house. Got, I, I am a girl dad to the go. full. Uh, I have no idea what it's like to not be surrounded by 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 women, mm. um, which is wonderful. It's the best. Uh, so I, I I pastor at Mountain View's East Campus, which is just a joy. We have the greatest community, and it's such a privilege to be there. I'm also a part-time uh, adjunct history professor at, at Fresno State, which is also a ton of fun. Go Bulldogs. Yeah, go Bulldogs. Go Dogs, go. Um, so yeah, life is life is wonderful. I've, I've been a, a missionary overseas in Germany for a couple years in the past. whole lot of things, you know, You'll it, it, the more you listen, the more you'll get to know my various idiosyncrasies. Wonderful, like my love for the Green Bay Packers and R.I.P. their twenty twenty three season. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and Dr. Pepper, various things of that nature. Of course, Noah, wh- who are you? Who am I? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I am the young adults pastor here, so I have only been doing that for about eleven months now, so just under a year. Uh, I moved. How's your time been? Uh, it's been wonderful. Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, great people. I've actually hated it. No, I'm just joking. Well, I mean. I'm just joking. Um, it's been great, yeah. It's been awesome, great learning experience. This is my first uh, pastoral position came yeah. from a more medical background, uh, but made a, a nice little transition there. So it's wonderful. Not married. Hope to be engaged soon, which is exciting. Hey, hey no. Um, and so, yeah. Does, does, does she know? Uh, I hope I hope she does. Okay. Know. We have been talking about it, so it'd be awkward <laughs> if she didn't know. Uh, that would be a, a weird, weird realization. It, w- it would be weird to say you hope to be engaged soon, and it's j- yeah, just like, like you. Oh, I didn't like you like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, that would... you may hope to, but yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. So, um, yes, I don't have children, but you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so yeah. that means you're not allowed to say you're tired. Which, uh, when you walked exactly. into my office earlier today, uh, I said that I was tired, and you said you are too. And my yeah. first thought was, that's just not something you say to someone with kids. Yeah, that's fair. You know, just, these are these are small lessons. Yeah, I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm learning that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not allowed to say certain <laughs> things around. No, you're not. Okay, that's good to know. Because <laughs> we will look down. Everyone with kids will look down on you. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I better I better adjust my vocabulary <laughs> from t- tired to I guess not enough sleep. I I think I don't think that would help. Okay, good to know. <laughs> We're figuring some stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We're learning here. Yes. So uh, jumping in, last week we kind of just did a little overview of just kind of what the podcast is about, you know, some of the questions uh, that we want to focus on. And one of the things that we had talked about, um, which I thought would kind of be fun to, to dive into, and I know is something that I've thought about before, is talking a little bit about Bible translation. You know, some of the, the things that everybody talks about uh, just around the, the dinner table, Bible translation, it's your favorite topic. Um, but I, I think that's what happens at my dinner table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's, it is important, uh, and a lot of people can overlook certain things or not really understand why there is so many different translations, what goes into it, and that can be one of the the main things people use to attack Christianity. Yeah. To be like, oh, you have so many different Bibles, like what's the real word? So, Tony, like what what is the purpose of having these different translations? Like what, why do we have so many Bibles that have so many different versions of the Bible as some would call it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I, I think the proliferation of Bible translations is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because what is the alternative? The alternative is uh, there was a very long time going back in church history where you have the Latin Vulgate translation. This is even before the, the Protestant Reformation, right? You have the, where the Latin Vulgate is the kind of the translation in the Western church, not, not considering like the Eastern more Greek-speaking churches, but Latin, the Latin Vulgate Bible, which uh, was when it was translated, uh, was a wonderful uh, kind of in the language people spoke at the time. But as it, here's the thing about language, and this is why we have so many, language is constantly changing, constantly right. evolving, especially English, which we just, you know, take and steal from every other language and we just incorporate it mm-hmm. so that our language makes zero sense, which befuddles so many people who try to learn it. English is very easy to learn quickly. Mm-hmm. the basics but super difficult to learn uh like to master just because all these all these things but that's just language language is always moving it's always tra- uh transforming uh evolving so you have this latin vulgate for a very long time and it gets to the point where nobody can read the bible because even back then very few only the very educated people could speak latin so that's kind of the alternative is you have a, right. a dead a dead translation in a sense not that those words don't mean anything. They're still powerful. They are good. If you know the language, it's wonderful. But if you don't, it's just paper. Yeah. Um, so Bible translation really gets going uh, as we get into the 1500s, particularly as we get the Protestant Reformation, which is one of the one of the things is making the Bible readable uh, for normal people. So when Martin Luther begins his German translation, he he writes it and really helps form German yeah. uh, the German language. Because he's writing it in the language that people can understand. Not not for the, the high ups, not for the academics, not for the learned people, but for anyone who can read. And so that gets going uh, uh, for a while. We kind of had a in English, the English-speaking world, it, not similar to the Latin Vulgate, but where we had, mm-hmm. it was kind of stuck on the King James Version, right? Uh, this was a big debate, like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. Yeah. King James only. Uh, folks, which I want to say the King James Bible is fantastic. Wonderful. It's wonderful. I spent a year going through it. It was a delight. However, because language is changing, there are certain phrases or certain ways that uh, things are said in the King James Version that because language has evolved, they actually mean the opposite of what 
the transla- original translators intended it to mean. Right. Just because words are the meanings of things are constantly changing. So because of that, our Bible should keep up with language yeah. so that we can understand. Um, so that wasn't very short, but that's kind of like the first thing that comes to my mind is yeah. why you would have Bible translations. That's why to make the Bible comprehensible, understandable uh, to people who speak mm-hmm. and read in that language, because we want people to encounter the word of God, which is alive and active. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think um, one of the things that comes to mind is I was talking with one of my friends uh, who is, he got his degree in communications. It was talking a lot about it of where a lot of what we're trying to actually get across is just like the meaning behind symbols and like obviously words or symbols that convey meaning. Mm. Right. But those symbols can change and different symbols can have the same meaning. Mm. So even though they're not the exact same words, we're still conveying the same meaning, the same uh, impartation from those words, even though they're different. So, you know, we use the New Living Translation here. Yes. And then there's, I'd say, a large majority is either like NIV or ESV. Yeah. We're still saying the same things. Like, we're still trying to partake. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the hope is to be like, no matter which Bible you're reading, it's the same content, it's the same purpose, but you're using different language in order to convey the same thing. Yeah. While certain translations have words that have more pregnant meaning, I would say, than some others to where you have to, if you're really trying to, you know, I, I say this, dumb it down, like you have to use more words to explain, right? It's almost like yeah. if you're explaining a different language to another person. You have to use greater explanation to convey the same meaning that you could use in a different word, right? And I'd also have to say, with kind of just how language is evolving, and I feel like slang is coming more into just the average day vocabulary. Yeah, It's just there's more slang for everything. Uh, Also, reading comprehension is changing to where people aren't... There isn't as much anymore? Well, yes, but also like people's vocabulary is moving much more from having a lot greater of a grasp of a lot of these heavier words and stuff like that to using more slang, which is more comfortable. It's newer. While a lot of these, you know, translations use a very broad vocabulary to where for some people it's really hard to actually understand what it's saying because you've never actually used that word before in any sort of sentence, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's why, you know, we've decided to use the NLT here is because it's it's lower on the shelf there to where people can actually understand what it's mm-hmm. saying without having to jump through a lot of hoops and pull out your dictionary to understand yeah. what the meaning is. Yeah. So that raises a good question, I think. So mm-hmm. th- we've talked about why you have Bible translations. Right. But why are there maybe so many Bible translations, right? It's of course it makes sense that we would move on from the King James version of the Bible, right? Which was written in uh, translated in 1611, right? That's a very long time ago. Uh, people just don't talk like that anymore, so it's more difficult to understand. But then, why do we have to have so? Like, I can look around my office and it's mm-hmm. like the New Living Translation, the New International Version, the ESV English Standard Version, uh, you know, the Christian Standard Bible, right. the CSB, the the NASB, uh, right? There's all kinds of so many Bible translations. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think? No. What's the best Bible translation? Oh wow! 
I'm gonna. I would make a lot of people upset, no matter what I pick. Um, well, you have a fun story with your grandfather. Yes. yes. So uh, when I started reading the Bible, I mean, I was raised, you know, in a, a Christian believing home, right? So I've been reading the Bible. I read the King James as a, as a kid. I've read, you know, NIV. I've read uh, some Hebrew, like even some of that. Look at which you. Isn't, yeah, I know. Woo me. But like, there, I got a lot of meaning from all of them. But when I first actually started to really own my faith and commit, what actually was the Bible that I was reading was actually the message, which is going to make so many people upset. But I think it's actually, it's not what I think you should be basing a sermon off of. I don't think it's something that should be, once you've been a Christian for a while, what you're really pouring into. But I think it's a good jumping off point for a lot of people that if you, I don't know, feel like the Bible is kind of stale or, you know, you're having a hard time. You've never even read a lot of this language in it. It breaks it down really well to where that's an entry point. And I would even give it to some people that uh, one of their main arguments of not being a Christian is like, ah, I don't understand all the these and thou's and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, great. There's a translation that actually makes it to where you would understand it really well. Now, I've moved on from that. I didn't stay in the message. I then moved on to the NIV, which is read by a, a very wide majority. Yeah. yeah, probably the Protestant translation of choice. Yeah, exactly. So I moved on from that because I was like, okay, I understand what the message is saying, but I want a little more meat, right? And as we mature as Christians, you move from, you know, as the Bible says, you're having milk to meat to where you have to chew on stuff. You actually have to think about it. It's not someone just serving the the message to you, you know, as the message does. It's you having to dissect it more and actually understand what it's saying. And so I moved into that. And then uh, my grandfather, uh, when he heard I was coming into this pastoral position, he asked, which he was a pastor himself and the son of a very famous pastor, Leonard Ravenhill. That's correct. I have a couple of his books on my shelf. Exactly. He, uh, he asked, of course, what translation I use, which he is a strong ESV user. And uh, I told him I use NIV. And he said, do you know what my father would call that? And I was like, no, what what do you call that? And he said, new in vogue. <laughs> um, and so it was pretty That's funny. That's not a good thing, I, I take it? Yeah, I was <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, like it is what I read. And then he sent me like a really nice ESV Bible, which I do read. Like I'm, But I'm never afraid to go back to the NIV if that's what I have on hand yeah. because I am reliant on the power that God has given the word of God, not on what the translation is. Yeah, that's right. And that's the reality is that whatever Bible you use, as long as it is the Bible and it's not some, you know, abstract yeah. manipulation from what the Bible is, that is what has the power that God has given it that power and that his word is everlasting. It was here before we got here and it's going to stay long after. And that's the power that comes into it. But having the different translations can be a good tool to actually help you in understanding that and having the power of the word actually impart in your life. Exactly. And I think uh, being able to utilize different translations like that, it's helpful to know what kind of translation these are. So like in, in translation, Bible translation world, there are a couple of different terms that they throw around for translations. Right. Uh, essentially literal translations where the, the attempt is to make a more word for word translation versus yeah. dynamic equivalent translations, which are attempting more of a thought for thought translation and these this is very much a sliding scale like if you translated 
any language word for word into a different language, it would be gibberish. Right. So it's nothing is just word for word. Uh, so there's, there's a scale there. But like so, the, the ESV is a popular example, which tends more toward uh, the essentially literal word for word translation. And uh, the NIV would tend more toward a dynamic equivalent, thought for thought. And the NLT is even further, New Living Translation is even right. further down that that road. So it kind of, so that that knowing that now helps you when you're reading for what purpose you're reading it for. Bible study may be a more essentially literal translation. is more helpful if you want to get into the meat of, of what things are saying. Uh, if you're just looking for understanding, perhaps a dynamic equivalent, more thought for thought translation would be more helpful. The New Living Translation in particular uh, is very, it takes a lot of ambiguities in the scripture and clarifies them, mm. uh, which can be extremely helpful, but it also, as a preacher, sometimes annoys me because it's like the Bible will say something and you're like, oh, great, this is a great point I can make to elaborate on in the sermon. And then I go to the NLT and it's like, oh, they are, they just say it out yeah. there. <laughs> they just say the interpretation. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, as a preacher, it's, it's, uh, it's another thing to, to think about. Right. Um, but these various translations, they're, they're attempting to do slightly different things while pro proclaiming uh, God's word. They're going about it in slightly different ways. We're not going to get the pure thing unless we learn, right? Uh, you know, Greek and Hebrew yeah. and Aramaic. Um, but, but again, these are all the Bible. The, the Bi yeah. If it's the Bible, then it's, it's a good thing. Um, now, the message, I think the message... I don't know what people might think. Mm -hmm. I wish we could take a snap poll. Like, what yeah. would what would Tony say about the message? I love the message. Okay, I think the message is fantastic. Wonderful. Uh, Eugene Peterson is an excellent was uh, uh, an excellent writer, mm -hmm. and so the language in the, of the message is just uh, incredible. Uh, so I I spend I try to spend every year when I read through the Bible, I usually read a different translation mm. every year. So I've read through the message. I've read through the ESV, the NIV, the NLT the King James, um, scholars' translations. Mm -hmm. This scholar named Robert Alter published a translation of the Old Testament, which is fantastic, mm -hmm. uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, so I, I I do recommend reading through different translations. It gives puts language in your head. It allows you a deeper understanding. It keeps the Bible, for me, it keeps it from becoming stale because you're mm -hmm. not just reading the same exact thing over and over again, which I think there's power to that. Yeah. Because it, it builds you muscle memory and it helps you to memorize the scripture. And there's there's yeah. a benefit to that. I have a friend who he uh, he's read the same Bible, the same translation for so long that he can, when he's recalling uh, Bible verses and passages, he you can see him look away, look up, and en envision in his mind where on the page it is, and like mm -hmm. and point to point to it as he's talking about it because he's read the same Bible, the same right. translation for so long. So there's a lot of good to that. I have personally benefited a ton from reading a bunch of different translations. Uh, it keeps keeps the message, the Bible message, so fresh yeah. um, in my mind. So I'm a I'm a huge fan. And Bible translations are a great thing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I I want to go back to one of the things you said where you're talking about you know difference between like the direct word for yeah. word translation and kind of like more of the paraphrasing of like this is what the meaning. Um, like right now, I'm living with people from Spain and they're yes. speaking in English. But oftentimes, you know, they say something that word for word might be right, but it's not right. actually the correct, you know, use of the word based off of just how we say things. 
And it's like, okay, yes, you can use direct word for word and that is good. But sometimes you need to shift it a bit because it it's out of place in how you're understanding it. Yeah. Um, because when you actually dissect word for word, it's the same meaning, but I get it way quicker when they say it in the way that, you know, a Californian American would say it. And so I think that's really good. What's well, an, an example of this is, so take Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible, uh, just about the, all the blessings that we receive in Christ. It should, I encourage you to go read it. In the original Greek, it is all one sentence. Yeah. One, uh, for chapter one, verse three through 14, it is one sentence. I haven't found an English translation that translates it as one sentence. Yeah. As however word for word it's trying to be, just because English doesn't work that way. Right. Um, uh, but everybody's trying to get across the, the essential meaning, right? So, uh, yeah, it depends on what you're after, but, uh, um, the Bible is such a rich mine mm. of gold. Totally. Right? And it's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. And even taking a look at it from not even like a Christian perspective, like the Bible itself with just how it's compiled, all the things, how many cross references and everything. It's yeah. a magnificent book in itself to where even if you don't believe, you know, what it says, you take a look at the Bible and just how it's been preserved, how it's written, everything. It's one of the greatest books. It is the greatest book. I was going to say, yeah, you better correct yourself. Correct myself real quick. It is the greatest book in all of history, yeah. in all of creation. And it's extremely hard to disprove that even from uh, maybe an atheistic point of view because there's just so much uh, great stuff in it. And I also want to say, when we take a look at, you know, reading in the Bible, the early church, a lot of the stuff was oral as well. Sure. So there was the same content but expressed in a different way. And you even see that in the Gospels of where different things are emphasized to where I think sometimes the the direct word-for-word word translation, uh, which is stressed so heavily, sometimes we'd be like, okay, well, they didn't do direct word-for-word. Word. They, you know, Paul and all these other people, they said it in the way that they understood it. Same message, different words, and same Jesus. Like they are talking about the same God, but for different people, it was something else that imparted to them, you know, where you take a look at the different gospels and you take a look at like John talks so much about the divinity. And then you take a look at, you know, um, all the other ones that talk about, you know, from a medical perspective, more of all these miracles and all these things to where um, it's the understanding of us as individuals are having this experience as well. And it's going to have a specific lens that we view things through. Yes, totally. One thing I will say, um, and one reason why I tend to, in my devotional reading and study reading, why I tend more toward the the more word-for-word mm-hmm. translations. Again, I want to say I think all these translations are wonderful. We use the New Living Translation on Sundays. It's it's the Bible. It is good. You can trust it, that it is the deposit of the faith. It is the, it is the gospel. It, it contains the gospel. But I tend to use more word-for-word translations because, uh, in my personal time, because there's a lot in the original text which is left purposefully mysterious. And I think it is okay, in fact, perhaps encouraged to read the Bible and not immediately understand it. Right. 
not to stay there. We want to grow an understanding. But in my experience, having a moment of, wait a second, what does that mean? Or what is that saying? What it does is it piques my curiosity. Yeah. It makes me want to know what it means. It pushes me further and deeper into the Bible, into the mysteries of the faith. Um, and so what that does is it actually grows my faith, is it makes me go deeper into, it makes me read the Bible more fervently, uh, not knowing. So I would encourage you, if you're someone who uh, has tried to read the Bible in the past um, and just it hasn't worked out, or you think it's boring or whatever. One, maybe you need to change your translation, right? If you're trying to read the King James Version of the Bible and you're not accustomed to reading 17th century English, probably read a, a different translation. Yeah. Um, but if you come across something you don't understand in the Bible, don't let that push you away and say, oh, it's under not understandable. But let that drive you deeper into the scriptures. Let that say, oh, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Because the, the riches of the scriptures are unending. Mm. And that's why we continue to read it. It's not... It's not the kind of book that you read once and you put it back on the shelf. It is a book that you return to day after day because we never reach the bottom mm -hmm. of it. In fact, uh, I'd liken it to the gospel. There's there's one writer, uh, I think it's Benjamin Myers, uh, who's a theologian, who's ta talking about the gospel. He says, in Christianity, you don't mature as a Christian by grasping the gospel and then moving beyond it. Yeah. But maturity and growing in your faith comes from remaining in the gospel and deepening yeah. in the gospel. And I would say the same with the Bible. Like maturing as a Christian and being a good Christian isn't checking the Bible off the list and then moving beyond it. Right. It is pressing further. It is going deeper. It is continuing to read it day after day after day when it's boring, when it's exciting, when you don't understand it, when it's the easiest thing to understand. Keep pressing in because you will never, you will reach the end of your days and you will still be learning things. Yeah. Scriptures. That is how deep it is. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I would also encourage, like, if you've never read the Bible all the way through, like, if you just stay in the New Testament, um, I would encourage you to go through the whole Bible. Yeah. Like, that is the thing. Like, I'm doing that right now uh, in my own plan, uh, taking a little break for this capital campaign because we're doing our own shape. But uh, read through the whole Bible because there's so many things that are going to enrich your reading from the Old Testament from uh, areas maybe in the New Testament that you're not reading, like some of the letters and stuff like that, or Revelation that you're too scared to read in there. Uh, like, read through the whole Bible. Let the whole thing wash over you. And if you don't understand it the first time, that's okay. Like, that also is another method for you to lean into a body of believers where people who have wrestled with those things before and actually receive you know, insight. Like that's why us as pastors are here to be like, yeah, I have read through that. Yeah. I have studied it. Yeah. I have done those things. Like let's have a conversation about it to where if you are confused on something or we disagree, like let's have a conversation about that and come to an understanding of what the actual message of the Bible is. And so it's hard to do that if you're only working with a partiality of it to where you have a whole book which is made up of a lot of books that are referencing, cross-referencing all together to where you want to have all of that information at least read over once, you know, to where you're like, okay, I kind of remember that being said, you know, having that validity. Because another thing, uh, and this is just a little off topic, but if you don't read your Bible, if you're not in it, if you don't understand, 
it's really easy to have other people tell you what's not in the Bible and say it's in the Bible. Like that's the reality is a lot of people will have a saying or something that's just a typical Christian saying, but the Bible doesn't have that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lord's never going to give you more than you can take. He does actually, uh, <laughs> but he actually asked for you to give that over to him. The Lord he helps those who help themselves, right? <laughs> oh no, that was Benjamin Franklin. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not the Bible. Not the. Not Bible. even a Christian. Exactly. To where whatever translation you're reading, know the Bible, know what it says, know the meaning in the Bible. So that way, when people say, "Hey, the Bible says this," if that's not what the Bible says, you can be like, "Actually, that's not true," and you can educate them and actually help their life because I don't know how many people have been hurt by having the understanding of, oh, God would never give me more than I can take and I have more than I can take right now, so it can't be true. Mm -hmm. God never said that. He knows there's going to be things in life that you can't handle. That's why he sent Jesus. Yeah, in fact, he says when trials come, when calamity comes, when all these things that we actually can't handle come, despite all those things, there is nothing that can separate us from his love and in Jesus Christ, right? So the the message of the Bible isn't that God will, you know, bless your socks off and, you know, nothing bad will ever happen to you. Nothing beyond your scope or control will ever happen. But that when it does, the God who created all things, who holds all things in his hands, will be with you in that moment and will lead you through it. All right. I, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because I'm strong or capable or confident, because you are with me. Because the God who endured the dark valley for us, who already walked through it, will lead us through it mm-hmm. to his resurrection life in him. Right. That So the Bible message is transformative. And uh, we should read it and study it and memorize it. And it is uh, utterly beneficial to us. Yeah. And I would advise you, if you don't have like a time carved out for that, to make that time. You know, find a way for you to make reading the Bible every single day, even if it's just a verse, Mm -hmm. read it every day, have it influence your life. And you're actually going to see that it's going to grow more to where you're going to create even greater space. Because if you're in your, in his word, you're going to actually be listening to his word and then hopefully doing his word. Yeah. And then life is going to change for you. And go to church. Amen. Read the Bible in community. Uh, every Sunday, we are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ from his word. Uh, so if we will not truly understand the Bible if it's a purely individualistic thing. We won't understand the Bible at all if we're not reading it, which right. is why we need to read it at, at home and on our own. Whether that's all we're doing, uh, there are no Lone Ranger Christians, right? The Bible, the gospel message is understood in the community of God, the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, hey, if that's one of Mountain View's campuses, Come, make regular Sunday attendance and participation a habit. If it's somewhere else, make your church or any church that's a gospel-believing, gospel-preaching church uh, your home where you attend regularly and participate regularly. That is how we will grow in understanding the gospel message. Amen. All right, guys. I think that's all we got. Tony, any last words? Um, Have you memorized the books of the Bible? Have I memorized the books of the Bible? I you go Genesis did. to Revelation. I did. I learned the song. Yeah. What song was it's, it? Uh, it's a little rough sing for it? me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we got Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and then you go through the whole thing. 
I do know the books. I want that to be said. <laughs> there's I a, put on the spot right there, now. There's an excellent rap by a guy named Shai Lin. Shai Lin. Yeah, S-H-A-I space L-I-N-N-E. Uh, it goes, he wraps the books of the Bible. It's excellent. My daughters have, have learned it that way, including, okay. including me. Like I could okay. rap it to you right now. I'm not going okay. to. I'm going to so spare. next episode, we're going to have a rap by it. Well, I'm going to spare everybody, but okay. it's out there and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Solid Ground Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to like and share with your friends. Have a blessed day.